Welcome into a top five Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports today. I'm Maurice Patton. and Chris Yao is still scrambling to get us ready for today's show. So since I don't do anything technological, I just sit here and look good. <laughs> I'm available. Somebody's got to do it. In. So, um, yeah, big show today. I'm looking forward to speaking with a previously scheduled guest in a regularly scheduled guests here on Tuesday. Brady McAtamney from Main Street Clarksville is going to join us in the next segment to talk about the Austin P governors who are postseason bound after winning the UAC championship Whatever and the automatic is. bid to the FCS championship series that accompanies that. And in the three o'clock hour, we will be visiting as we almost always do on Tuesday with Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. We'll talk a little football and probably a little more basketball. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Also, um, whatever else is going on that we have globbed onto. There's we, plenty of it. There, There is. There, there's a lot. It's a... It's a potpourri of sports. Um, the last seat in the Major League Baseball manager's musical chairs game has been filled. Um, and somebody... The is, last one? Yes. So both of yes. them have been filled today? No, no, no. Astros was filled last week. Yes, I just didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I read that this one was filled, and I'm like, wait a minute, and I had to go back and check, and then I remembered, yes, this is the last one. But um, also talk a little bit about some college football, because why wouldn't we? But um, AP poll came out yesterday. We will have another college football playoff rankings tonight. Is that right? We will, in fact. Yeah. We might wedge a little UT basketball in. They've got a big ball game tonight. Oh. I don't want to talk about anything that involves UT and Purdue, but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> as we mentioned when we had Jerry Palm on last week, so yeah, it's, um, it's almost pre preordained how that one's going to go. <laughs> but at the pain. same time, there will be pain. Yeah, and that's it. So, um, again, a lot to talk about, and we will set to talking about it. But before we do, we probably should give you a yesterday's scores and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. Girls basketball action from Monday night. I didn't know I was doing the read and starting. Anyway. Girls basketball for Monday night. Wesleyan of Georgia defeated Blackman 48-43. Centennial edged Riverdale 42-40. We might need to check in with David Wilson on that one. Um, Cheatham County doubles up West Creek and then some 56-24. Ezell Harding downs former Ezell Harding standout, current Columbia Academy coach Candace Whitrow. 57-36. Community with a 67-33 win over Mount Pleasant. Creekwood defeated Harper 69-44. Donaldson Christian 50. Battleground Academy 46. Santa Fe edges Eagleville 
38-37. Big win for the fighting John Wilds. <laughs> Summertown, 41. East Hickman, 34. Watertown with a 41-29 win over FC Boyd Senior Christian. Franklin Grace, 47. Friendship Christian, 29. Gallatin, 49. Portland, 35. Moore County with a 45-20 win over Giles County. Green Hill defeated Houston, 45-36. It was... Zion Christian, 37, Hampshire, 35. Hendersonville with a 55-53 win over Harpeth Hall. Huntland defeated Spring Hill, 46-37. Independence, 52, Overton, 28. Houston County, 70, Joe Burns, 27. Father Ryan, 44, Middle Tennessee Christian, 21. McEwen, 61, Montgomery Central, 21. Mount Juliet, 58, Lead Academy, 19. North Florida Institute with a 32-27 win over Page. Beach defeated Rossview 55-46. Stewart County 40, Kirkwood 20. Lawrence County 55, Sullivan, Alabama 20. And Murfreesboro Central 55, Walker Valley 50. Boys action last night. Blackman 53-40 runners over the Tennessee Heat. Centennial Downs Riverdale 43-33. West Creek is a 76-26 winner over Cheatham County. Clay County down East Robertson 52-37. Columbia Academy fell to Ezo Harding 63-54. It's Mount Pleasant 63, Community 57. Creekwood a 60-55 winner over Camden Central. Summertown down Cullioka 76-56. Santa Fe sweeps the Eagles of Eagleville 51-45. It was Watertown 63, FC Boyd uh, 46. Hillsboro 67, Franklin 55. Friendship Christian 78-42 winners over Graceland, Grace Franklin. Gallatin falls to Portland 57-54. Giles County downs Friendship Christian 78-42. And Green Hill is a 66-47 winner over Innsworth. Lawrence County takes down the Lions of Haleville, 55-30 out of Alabama. 60-35 to is the score for Zion Christian over Hampshire. It was Hendersonville, 58, Montgomery Bell Academy, 47. Joe Burns falls to Houston County, 62-57. Murfreesboro Central, 70-40 went over Kip Nashville. Franklin Classical, 60-52 over Liberty Creek. Father Ryan Downs, Middle Tennessee Christian, 58-10. Pope Prep, 80-54 winners over uh, Red Bank and Kirkwood 75, Stewart County 17. Men's basketball action on Monday. We might have mentioned this one before we got off the air yesterday. Tennessee over in the Maui Invitational defeats Syracuse 73-56. It was Tarleton State 66, Austin P 59, Tennessee State with an 87-70 win over Midway, Clark Atlanta 89-72. In women's basketball action on Monday, Vanderbilt improved to 5-0 with an 88-42 win over Alabama State, and Middle Tennessee State concluded its stay in the Bahamas with a 64-57 win over Memphis on the ice. The Predators, we're going to talk more about this one in a second, but the Predators with a 4-3 comeback victory over the visiting Avalanche. High school basketball action today. These are double headers. These are scheduled six o'clock starts. Tullahoma is at Battleground Academy. Cane Ridge is hosting East Nashville. Clarksville Northwest travels to Clarksville. Oakland is at Coffee County. Summit comes to Columbia Central. Richland goes to Community. Merle High. Summit at Columbia Central. Is that at 3.30? The girls? I don't believe so. I think it is. I think it's a 3.30 girls, 6 o'clock boys. Just for what that's worth. 
Richland at Community at 6, Merrill Hyde at Donaldson Christian at 6, Cascade at Eagleville at 6, McEwen at East Robertson, Mount Pleasant at Forest, Liberty Creeks at Friendship Christian, Westmoreland's at Greenbrier, Frank Hughes is at Hampshire, White Creek is at Joe Burns, Cheatham County is at Montgomery Central, Columbia Academy is at Nashville Christian, Dixon County is at Nolensville, Station Camp is at Springfield, Mount Juliet is at Stewart's Creek. Hume Fogg is at Sycamore. Davidson Academy is at University School of Nashville. And White House is at White House Heritage. Gotcha. Okay, JV at 3.30. That's what that is. JV at 3.30, varsity at 6, girls. We don't typically announce JV Yeah, games. well, it was, a, it was a graphic, and the graphic looked funny. And so didn't realize it was girls only that they were talking about. Normally, when you put a graphic out, it's for both teams. But hey, who am I? What do I know? Where are we at? Girls basketball. Earlier today, Giles County, Foster Collinwood, 38-29, DME Academy. It's not Daily Mountain Eagle for you folks in Jasper. That's out of Florida. 66-17 winners over Page. Right now, Beach and Blackman. Don't know where. Uh, St. Cecilia Academy will host Franklin Road Academy in just a few minutes. Wesleyan of Georgia is at Providence Christian at 3.30. Good Pastures at Ravenwood at 4. Pearl Cone and Independence at 4.30. North Little Rock, Arkansas and Lebanon somewhere. Don't know where. Also at 4.30. At 6, Cookville at MTCS. Clarksville Academy is at Rossview at 6. Clements of Alabama, the Colts hosting Loretto at 6. Also at 6, Summertown and Huntland over in uh, Cornersville. The word with the C. Couldn't think of the name of it. Uh, Riverdale at Franklin at 7.30. And John Overton has Green Hill tonight. Somewhere at some time. Whatever that may be. Boys action. Blackman's at Centennial. That's at 1.30. Giles County in Summertown at 4.30. Is that also at Cornersville? I think we said that yesterday. I, I just so. want to make sure. Good Pasture and CPA at 5.30. Baylor at Providence Christian at 5.30. Tennessee Heat and Page at 6. Uh, Middle Tennessee Christians at Zion Christian at 6. Uh, do you know if that's boys only? Because the Middle Tennessee Christian girls are hosting Cookville at 6, so I guess it is. Uh, I kind of don't recognize that game. Okay, but... well, and it may not be a game. I, I don't know why. I don't think MTCS basketball is going to be playing right now. Why I think that's a problem. I mean, I guess they could be, but theoretically, it's a small private school. I mean, CA basketball is playing though, so who knows? I don't know. I've got Middle Tennessee hosting Zion Christian okay. at seven thirty tonight in a boys-only game. Gotcha. Okay, so girls, yeah, girls are hosting Cookville. Boys, Middle Tennessee Christian hosting Zion Christian. Thank you. I appreciate that. Innsworth and Independence tonight at 7.30. Do you know where that one is? Uh, at Centennial, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. Men's basketball. As we mentioned, Tennessee Purdue, 7 o'clock tip on the ESPN in the semifinals of the Maui Invitational in Honolulu. Um, the back end of that doubleheader is Kansas and Marquette. Um, 6.30 in the glass house. Andy Kennedy and the Blazers of UAB visiting the Blue Raiders. Is that one not on ESPN Plus or? I'm anything? sure it is. 
Yeah, check local listings. Um, Trebekah at Shorter, also at 6.30. And women's basketball playing right now, I presume. Cumberland is at Campbellsville, Harrodsburg. That was a 1 o'clock start. I don't know if that's Eastern or Central. I said it. Okay. And at 6, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, the Trebekah Lady Trojans hosting the Union Lady Bulldogs. Again, that's a 6 o'clock start at the Trojan Fieldhouse. Be there. And I believe that, because I can't find my cursor, but I believe that is your rundown. It is. That was chaotic. What else is new? But what else is new? Exactly. Top story is always not chaotic. Piggly Wiggly is probably chaotic right now and will be through tomorrow. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Nope. If you're if you're gonna go to Piggly Wiggly, I don't know if today mm. is the day. Well, I mean, but, uh, but if, you've if you go, haven't you gone, go. if yeah. you haven't gone to this point, you better get there now and go see the fine folks at uh, Piggly Wiggly Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. I told Sarah, I said, listen, uh, we're not going to the grocery store on Wednesday, so get everything mm. you've got to get today. Yeah. So I she mean, did that yesterday, and hopefully, it was enough. Well, Hopefully. But if we do have anything else we got to get, we will be sure to go to Neely's Mill. See the fine folk at Piggly Wiggly if we need lunch. Uh, they've got us at least for the next day or so. And uh, then, of course, hand-cut meats, fresh produce, all. Cost plus 10 at the register. Top stories today, and I don't know, Justin, you may be able to find this. You may not be able to find this on the uh, platform formerly known as Twitter, but uh, last night, the, the the final 37 seconds, uh, I think uh, Preds at, at NHL actually had it, um, but the final 37 seconds of the Preds game was chaotic, and that's to say the absolute least. Uh, Philip Forsberg was with about six minutes to go, I think I'll, I'll see if I can get Willie Donick's tweet up because he he had a he broke yeah, it down. Yeah, Forsberg drew a penalty with six thirty left in regulation. He the score was three two at this point. Is that right? I found a uh, the post, but there's no video. Um, is that? Hold on, I'll share it and show you. I, I will send you. At Preds NHL has it. Um, with 37.7 seconds left on the clock, they pulled the goalie. Things are, you know. Not good. Things are not good. <laughs> We've got six, six, six offensive players on the ice. And just a peppering of shots at the Avalanche goalie, who was doing a remarkable job to say the least, at keeping the puck in front of him for as long as he possibly could. Until he could. But eventually, puck bounces up. Forsberg is standing at the, the left post and knocks it in. Uh, yeah, there we go. Right here, you can see that all right, you're going to pass to the middle. Shot comes off. Forsberg, who is behind the net. Okay, so Forsberg comes from behind the red line there, and then boop, and uh, that ties, I don't know if the goalie even saw. No, it. he he didn't even know it was there. So and, and so 
that ties it with 37.7 seconds left. So obviously, Preds put their goalie back in. Right. Like, well, you're not going to not going to be silly and <laughs> try to go and give up a a, a goal with no goalie while you're tied. But just after that, Yakov Trenin finds the back of the net again, and the Preds win. Against a really, really good Colorado Avalanche club. It's a big win. Oh, it's I huge. think any win for the for the Preds right now is a big win, but to win one that you were trailing with less than a minute to play and to win it in regulation. No, to win it in regulation is the wild part. Yeah. I think this is uh, both of them here. Yeah, so it, I, you probably can't hear the uh, – but, right, this is the game winner because the guy was – he was he was going – he, he was just trying to get behind the net with the puck and blew it. Lost it. Just blew his skate. And next thing – so you can see hmm. he just – boom, right there. He uh, just falls. Puck comes out front, shot, save, rebound, score. Yakov Trenin puts it in the back of the net, and the Preds win. And and, and for that, they are giving fans 38% off because they scored two goals in 38 seconds. So 38% off tickets until midnight tonight on predators.spinzo.com. So how about that? I will say, uh, as a former ice hockey player when I was a young kid, oh, yeah. uh, that goalie, Definitely not his fault. You could see a little goalie. No, it was n- neither goal was really on him. No. Right. Call it puck luck. Uh, that was puck luck. That there you was go. Poor. Yeah, that that was just unfortunate. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. That was uh, unfortunate for that dude. And he broke his stick after the second goal. I mean, just whacked it over the. Because what do you do? I mean, I mean, as much as you want someone to blame sometimes, not that time. Sometimes stuff happens. And that time, Twice. <laughs> yes, I mean, it just, it, it was clear fate that the Preds were going to win last night for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. Um, Second top story. A little sadder. Oh, much sadder is that Tennessee Tech, Dwayne Alexander uh, was fired today as head coach of the Golden Eagles and uh, been there for five years. Six, six years and had really turned the program around from, you know, from, from previous regimes and uh, coming off a 35 nothing win over Tennessee State on Saturday. Yeah, they, um, they were tied for sixth in the first Big South OBC Football Association race. According to the release from TTU, they finished two and four in conference play, four and seven overall. But as you mentioned, defeated Tennessee State at Nissan Stadium, thirty-five to nothing in their season finale Saturday. Um, Alexander in six seasons went twenty and forty-three. Their best year under him was twenty nineteen, when they went six and six. Just some. Um, Struggle to really get traction, and, and it's unfortunate. Um, alumnus, he played there, obviously. He was a um, GA there. He was an assistant there. I mean, he served in every position in that program. And um, you know, Take, He took over for Marcus Satterfield. Yeah, after 
quite the rocky tenure for Coach Satterfield. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't ideal. He was one in ten in his last season, and then Alexander come in after a stint at Cumberland. Mm-hmm. Comes in and goes one and ten, and then immediately turns that around in nineteen and goes six and six. But uh, had then in COVID went two and five, three and eight and twenty one and four and seven in twenty twenty two. Obviously, you feel like you know you would have, and, and then three and seven this year. Obviously, you, you you feel like that you would want to be improving, and maybe they just didn't feel like they were improving quite fast enough. You know, I don't I, really I, know. I wonder how much of this is driven by, you know, they are making some significant yep. improvements and investments into the football facility there. And uh, I wonder yep. if there is a desire on Mark Wilson, the AD, and Tennessee Tech leadership's part to kind of have a clean slate. Mm-hmm. For that, I and fully I'm, expect that that was part of the decision. And you know, also unfortunate because you you don't give a guy like Dwayne Alexander, who you know has given so much to that program, you don't give him the best opportunity to, to be win. successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there were similar thoughts with regards to you know Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. You know, I think Dwayne has kind of kind of coached to some degree with one hand tied behind his back just because Tennessee Tech, in terms of the Ohio Valley Conference, kind of fighting uphill from a facility standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, from a tradition standpoint. I mean, Tennessee Tech think has about, not think been... Think about... Now, I know Martin is Martin. They're, they're out there, but they've had stability. And that's that certainly helped. They they were not great for the first ten years of Chris Simpson's tenure. Jason, Jay, sorry, Jason Simpson's tenure. They weren't they weren't great, but they gave him an opportunity. They invested in the program and they let Chris handle it for Jason. Gosh, why am I so? Why why do I think his name is Chris? I don't I have know. No idea. Chris Simpson is the coach of Maplewood. I, I don't know. That would not be where I'm going with this. Anyway, they, they let him handle it. Mm-hmm. They did. And that's kind of the the same mindset. Tennessee State is a little different. They're in Nashville and they're in HBCU. So they have a one, they have a draw and they also have a a recruiting base. Kids who want to be at an HBCU and that sort of thing. Clarksville, Austin P. Now I know they're not in the OVC anymore. They were, but that's still that's a pretty big city. You're talking about Cookville. It's tough. And you're talking about a stadium that looks, you know, unfortunately to this point, like a glorified high school stadium. There are some high school stadiums that are nicer in the state. And so I understand wanting to to have the fresh slate and the clean the, the, the clean slate that you get, but I also feel like you have to be you have to know who you are. And I'm not sure once. that Tennessee Tech is and and again, I don't this is no slight on 
on Mark Wilson. But, you know, I feel like I feel like this is probably a decision made in a bit of haste. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I just don't know. Again, I have a I have a real hesitance for getting rid of graduates. It's hard to do because I I, I think the after effect of that. I, I mean, I don't know how other coaches look at it, but you know, from Watson Brown and Vanderbilt back in 1990 upward, my kind of my thing is my thought has been. You know, if you'll do this to to one of your alumni, what are you going to do to me when things go sideways? Absolutely. It's, 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 how 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 much more difficult does that make you getting the next guy, your next coaching hire? So, and I mean, I'll certainly be interested to see who they follow up with because again, this is a guy who has been involved with that program at every level. And it's it it kind of makes you wonder what's what's it going to take? Who are you going to get to get this moving in the right direction? So, but at any rate, we shall see. Yep, Dwayne Alexander gone after six seasons at Tennessee Tech, and you know, on a personal note, I just wish him the best going forward. I'll be interested to see where he lands and who he lands with and wherever and whoever it is, they will be better for it. We'll take a break. When we come back, Brady McAtamney talking Austin P as you see there on your screen. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint returns after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. 
Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtvj.net. Tom Hamilton coming in with the comment. From our, fi- our our last segment, MTSU ought to take a page from Tennessee Tech. Tom Hamilton's words, nah, uh-huh. <laughs> Chris uh-huh. Yao and Mo Patton here on this top five Tuesday. Retweets are not endorsements. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah no, But I will also tell Tom Hamilton, I'm I'm not confirming or denying. How's that? How's that, that how you feel? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's talk a little bit about Austin P and the governors who also will be postseason bound. Yeah, they're not talking about getting rid of coaches in Clarksville. No. No, they're not. And Brady McAtamney comes to us to talk a little bit about it. And pretty, pretty exciting year of football up in Clarksville, Brady. It's been very exciting. I mean, a lot of a lot of Austin P fans in the area have been just absolutely thrilled. And, and funny enough, it didn't start too exciting. They started the year by getting their butts kicked at Southern Illinois. Then they went to Knoxville and played, I mean, a pretty decently competitive game against the, the Vols. And about, it was about as competitive as an FCS team will play, um, you know, a good team in the SEC like that. So they kind of credit that to being kind of where their season turned around. And since then, they have not lost. You know, uh, you mentioned losing to Southern Illinois in the season opener. Trust me when I tell you, there is no shame in losing to Southern Illinois. No, especially when uh, they're going up at Southern Illinois and playing the uh, Salukis up there. So, um, but, but I mean, like I said, they got their butts handed to them. And uh, Scotty Walton has since said that, you know, that's kind of, they, they kind of thank them for that because it kind of gave them a wake-up call and, set and, you know, kind of showed them that, you know, they can be doing things the way they thought they were. And, I mean, like I said, since then, it's just been absolutely just just dominance from the, from the governors. It absolutely has. I mean, you look at the schedule, and we, we were talking after, during the commercial break, Mo, and, you know, Gardner-Webb won the OVC Big South, and they absolutely just demolished Gardner Webb. Gardner Webb at the yeah, fort. At the so, fort. So yeah, what, I mean, did, this, what what hand did you have in the fort, Brady? How did was that was that organic or is that something that Austin P has been pushing or out at the fort for Fortero Stadium? 
work it's been, it's been the fort since I got here. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, I moved to Clarksville in 2019, and, I mean, as long as I can remember, it's been the fort. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good nickname for a stadium, if you ask me. It is. It absolutely Particularly is. in Clarksville. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And they've, been, they've been battling at the fort. Um, in addition to that, we went over Gardner-Webb. They defeated North Alabama by 10 at home. Um, defeated Utah Tech couple of weeks ago to um, put themselves in position to to seal the UAC championship and the automatic bid with that 14-12 win over Central Arkansas Saturday. That sounds like that was a heck of a ball game. It was, and we actually had uh, Russell Venosi there covering the game as I was, uh, I've been out of town since, um, since Friday. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just a great game. Those were the two top offenses in the UAC. <laughs> If you can believe it by looking at that 1412. <laughs> of course. Of course. Right? Those are those are the top offenses, man. So um, but I mean, as you can tell, those defenses just came to play. I mean, you, you, Austin P really, really has a good defensive coordinator in JJ Clark. And uh, they're they're lucky to have him because their defensive coordinator from the past two seasons or past couple seasons, Chris Kappis, uh, actually left during the offseason to go coach uh, a high school team, be closer with his family. And um and they were lucky to have a guy that could step right in and 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 lead this defense because, as you can tell, uh, they wouldn't be in this position if it weren't for that defense. As good as the offense is, as good as Mike DeLillo is, um, they don't win that game if uh, if their defense doesn't go out there and, and hold UCA to 12 points. Um, you mentioned Southern Illinois and Tennessee to start the season. That 30 to 30 to 13 loss at Neyland Stadium was Austin Peay's last loss. They go into the postseason nine and two, and um, you know you want to be hot heading into the postseason. They have to be pleased with the way they're playing right now on both sides of the ball. I would think. Yeah, the nine-game winning streak they're on right now is actually the longest in program history. So they want to see how long that they can extend this program best to uh, you know maybe maybe see if they can get it to uh, twelve games or something. <laughs> you know that that would be that would be pretty ideal for those guys, but. Yeah, I mean, they're as hot as they've ever been. Um, they had that obviously incredible 2019 season under Mark Hudspeth, and, you know, we kind of know how that ended um, with that whole era. But, you know, they were lucky to get a guy like Scotty Walden. I mean, if, if you see this guy on Twitter or you spend a minute around him or watch him coaching on the sideline, this guy just brings all the juice and all the energy to this Austin P group. And, and people are – and they're still trying to flip the script on what people think of when they hear – the name Austin P because you know you you hear Austin P you think oh these guys can't win a damn game I mean they they lost thirty something games in a row in the uh, in the 2010s um, and, and they hadn't won a conference in since the 70s uh, until 2019 so they're still trying to earn that respect we we saw last year they thought they had enough for an at large bid uh, seven and one against FCS teams. Didn't get that bid. They thought they had enough to get a seed this year. Didn't get the seed. Um, so they still feel like they are getting disrespected just because of their name and not for their body of work. It's understandable. You mentioned that nine-game win streak. It is the second longest, I guess, in FCS. They are tied with Florida A&M of the SWAC. Mm -hmm. um, South Dakota State has won 25 straight and they are the number one national seed, SDSU is. Um, Scotty Walden, a 
nominee for a finalist, excuse me, for the Eddie Robinson Award, which goes to the top coach in FCS, Mike Delello, a Walter Payton finalist award for the top offensive player in FCS. So, I mean, to, to the victors go the spoils, I guess. I mean, again, this team is suddenly garnering a lot of attention as they um, have picked up their second FCS playoff berth. Yeah, and it's much deserved. I mean, bringing up Mike DeLillo's stats here, um, he's already the most decorated quarterback in Austin P history, and, and it's just been two seasons. I mean, he's got all-time uh, passing touchdowns. Uh, he's got, like, pretty much every single game record, most yards, most touchdowns, all of that. This season, he uh, just passed for over 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. Pretty solid rushing quarterback as well. Um, he's at net 199 yards, but, of course, you know, in, in college, you lose rushing yards for sacks. So he's uh, gained 458 rushing yards, down to 199 from sacks. But um, five rushing touchdowns as well. This guy is um, – he's the lifeblood of this offense. And, of course, Scotty Walden is a uh, is an offensive guy. He played quarterback himself as it had to be three school, actually, in Texas um, before becoming the youngest head coach in the FBS – or rather FCS when he was hired. Um, so this guy knows how to connect with these younger guys. He is a quarterback whisperer, if you still like using that term, Jim Harbaugh style. Um, and, uh, and and you're seeing it with Mike DeLillo. Of course, that's a former Blue Raider, uh, former Florida Tech guy, uh, where, you know, of course, he had to leave there once once they lost their football program. Mm -hmm. um, but he's just been absolutely excellent uh, with the governors. And it's helped that they've, they've got a really good running back this year in Javon Jackson, uh, he is over 1,000 rushing yards this season. Bless you, Chris. Um, one of only seven governors all time to go over 1,000 rushing yards. He's at 1,189 with eight rushing touchdowns. And uh, he's been carrying a lot of the load because C.J. Evans Jr. has played just three games this year uh, before uh, ending his season. He was expected to be they – were, they were kind of expected to be a thunder and lightning duo with Javon Jackson being the thunder. Um and, and C.J. Evans, like I said, played just three games, took just 29 carries for 153 total yards, so pretty efficient. Uh, but since then, it's been all Javon Jackson. I mean, he's had games where he's been over 30 carries, so they've been riding that guy, and he has not disappointed. Chattanooga coming in 7-4 and four overall, 6-2, and two, the number three team in the Southern Conference, and the Southern Conference kind of speaks for itself, traditionally one of the tougher conferences in FCS, so, you know, even though you guys got this game at home, I'm sorry, even though Austin P got this game at home, the committee didn't necessarily do them any favors, and a win over Chattanooga sends Austin P to SoCon champion Furman. Mm -hmm. So, um, welcome to the party. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get to this point in the season, I mean, you're not going up against any cupcakes. You're not seeing any, uh, any, you know, um, uh, Presbyterians or, uh, or teams like Austin P beat the living crap out of earlier this season, like ETSU, who of course just fired Merrillville legend, George Quarles. Uh, you're getting, you're getting good teams and Chattanooga definitely fits the bill there. Um, Scotty Wallen's going to be having a press conference tomorrow. Um, to talk about that game, uh, you know that they're getting juiced up. You know Chattanooga's juiced up. They don't have to go too far. Uh, the uh, I-20, a little bit of a battle of I-24 there. Um, 
So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I imagine Fortera Stadium is going to get pretty filled up, uh, even though it is a holiday weekend. Um, Gov Nation, I know, is absolutely excited because uh, this is their first time being in the playoffs in four years. Before that, um, it was never that they had been in the playoffs. So this is still uh, still new for them. It's still brand exciting. Not not saying, you know, it's not exciting when, you know, a team like North Dakota State or South Dakota State, Montana gets in the playoffs because it's always going to be like that. But this is still a novelty in Clarksville. I wonder, and, and we talk about this at the FBS level, you know, Alabama tends to break teams. I wonder if Chattanooga coming off that 66 to 10 loss to Alabama and what what kind of impact that has on their team going into this game uh before that I mean the week before well the game before they had a bye week before Alabama in preparation for that for that one but uh you know they only lost 17-14 against Furman mm-hmm. so I mean this is a team that 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 has the you know has the ability to come in to you know, into Clarksville and get a win. So it's, it's not going to be easy. Uh, what's, what is the, the one thing Clark's, uh, or Austin P needs to do on Saturday in order to ensure a second round advancement? I think they're going to have to be efficient with the ball. Um, there have been times where they, um, they just have drives that nothing happens. And uh, it, it, it's kind of an interesting offense because they can score in a single play. Uh, they have some incredible, um, uh, incredible playmakers at wide receiver. Three different guys uh, with Trey Shackelford, Trey Goodman, and Cam Thomas who can score um, on a single touch. Uh, especially Cam Thomas. He's one of the best return men in the FCS this season. Those guys all over 600 receiving yards this season. So uh, they've been getting plenty from Mike DeLillo. Um I think that those guys are going to have to have solid days. They're going to need to uh, be able to stretch the field, which will open up the running lanes for Javon Jackson, be able to maybe open up the middle of the field for guys like tight end Jordan Goko, for guys like Kenny Odom. Kenny Odom. Um, they're going to need to be able to um, play their game. They're going to be, be need to be able to not turn the ball over. That obviously goes without saying. Uh, they're going to need to make sure that Chattanooga can't hold the ball too long because, of course, the more your opponent has the ball, the less you have it. Again, usually something that goes without saying, but I think it's going to be very important for these guys to do because um, that's how you win football games, especially at home and especially in big games like this in the playoffs. Of course, last time Austin Peay was in the playoffs in 2019, they won a couple games. Um, so it's a group that uh, that has seen this happen before. They've, they've been able to get there and been able to get it done. But this is a, a new coaching staff since then. Um, a lot of new guys uh, since then. So we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. But I think overall, it's gonna be about taking care of the football, and it's gonna be about um, cashing in on your opportunities when you have them. Because there have been times where they get into the red zone or near the red zone, but they can't cash in. They gotta settle for field goals. And uh, if you're settling for field goals in this game in the postseason, um, that's that's. It it just it doesn't necessarily feel like a win when you're getting just three points when you're in that red zone territory. They're going to have to be able to score. Yeah, they, they, and just as a note here, Chattanooga gives up 150 yards a game on the ground. Austin P runs for 144, so that may be the key. There is take the over on rushing yards is what take you're saying. The, yeah, just, maybe that's where. 
where the the exploitation comes from the govs. Brady McAtamney, Main Street Clarks, for joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Brady, we mentioned fourth year coach Scotty Walden. 26 wins during his tenure in Clarksville, fourth all-time in APSU history. Um, how nervous is Gerald Harrison right now? You know, I think there's definitely some sweating going on. I have already um, seen some fan bases on, on Twitter or X saying uh, – saying Scotty Walden is, you know, kind of this young coach. He's been winning games at the FCS level. His offenses are putting up numbers in bunches. I like this guy for our team. I've seen, you know, my own Michigan State fans saying it. I saw Mississippi State fans saying it. Uh, like I said, he's a Texas guy. Um, so, you know, Texas A&M has an opening, though they're probably likely to go for a bigger fish um, with uh, all that oil money they got. Um, but I think there's definitely going to be teams that are, looking to take him, um, especially if they have offensive coordinator positions available, because like I said, he's, he's an offense guy. Um, kind of similar to what I saw from my own alma mater, Grand Valley State Division II powerhouse. Uh, their head coach of the last decade or so, Matt Mitchell, was actually hired on the Luke Fickle staff at Wisconsin this past season. Uh, I think I could see something like that happening with Scotty Walden, you know, going to coach, uh, you know, maybe be an offensive coordinator or be a quarterback's coach or be uh, maybe a wide receivers coach somewhere. Um, and that could happen on at a big school, at a bigger coaching staff. And if he has success there, yeah, I mean, Sky could be the limit for this guy because he is a good football mind. He gets the most out of his players. His players absolutely adore him. Uh, this is the type of guy that I think is definitely going to have programs lining up to have them in, uh, to have him in their locker room. It's gonna be a lot of fun Saturday. Again, Chattanooga coming to the Fort Fortera Stadium on the campus of Austin P. Can't say that about all of their home venues, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this one is, and it again, it will be at two o'clock kickoff, and should be a lot of fun. It'll be on ESPN Plus. You can watch it, and looking forward to just seeing playoff football here in. Middle Tennessee. Brady, thanks for taking time over Thanksgiving to, to, to hang out with us, and we look forward to talking with you again soon, man. You bet. Thanks, fellas. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk a little bit about uh, the latest and last managerial uh, spot being taken in Major League Baseball and some information from our friends to the West over in Memphis and Liberty Bowl Stadium getting some much needed Simmons Bank Liberty Simmons Stadium. Bank Stadium at the Liberty Bowl. I apologize. You're right. Simmons Bank Stadium Let's at the Liberty Bowl. Let's not get in Bowl. trouble with yeah. Simmons Bank. Well, I, and I tagged them too, so I better get it right. Uh, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, 
the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Center, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, real quick, the San Diego Padres have filled their managerial role. Yeah. Um, former Cardinals manager Mike Schilt has been named to run the Padres dugout, signing a two-year deal today. He has spent the past two seasons as a senior advisor with San Diego. Um, 2019 National League Manager of the Year with the Cardinals. Went to the playoffs each of his three full seasons. I guess that was 18, 19, and 20. Um, or maybe 19, 20, and 21 because he was interim when he initially took over that position. Uh, at any rate, um, the Padres apparently also considered Angels infield coach Benji Gill, former Angels manager Phil Nevin, and Padres offensive coordinator and bench coach. Offensive coordinator. I've never heard that baseball. phrase in baseball. Offensive coordinator. I mean, I saw assist, associate manager here in the I've last seen, couple of weeks. I've seen both both associate manager and offensive coordinator outside of this particular. I think I think well, I don't remember who it was, but I, somebody else also has an offensive coordinator. Maybe that was to coordinate how offensive they were. I don't know, but Ryan Flaherty, former Vandy boy, by the way, was the offensive coordinator and bench coach of the Padres, who was also considered for this position. Um, so, as, as as 
2021, the Rangers hired Donnie Ecker as bench coach and offensive coordinator. So I guess it's been around. We just haven't heard them called that because mostly they're just the bench coach. Yeah. Yeah. Or hitting coach. Or hitting coach. Yeah. But that's it. I don't know what the difference is in a hitting coach and an offensive coordinator. Do they make the lineup? Do they have a hand in making like what is maybe that? somebody makes the lineup and then maybe the defensive coordinator decides where they play or maybe the defensive coordinator tells yeah. you who's going to play and then you figure out where to put them in the order. I don't I don't know. That's, that's it's very bizarre. interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, San Diego finished 82 and 80 after. An offseason that had you believing they were ready to overtake the Dodgers in the NL West. Um, missed the postseason, and I think they kind of had to rally late to get to 82 and 80, actually. They weren't very good this year. Uh, the Padres? Yeah, they weren't. And um, I don't necessarily know. Well, I guess because he was in the organization. I, it's interesting. I never would have thought of him. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize he was in the organization. So, but the, I, I don't. I don't really know what happened to him at San Diego. I'm. I'm sorry, at St. Louis. At St. Louis, yeah, I don't know either. It, it does seem weird. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about a guy who has each of his three full seasons gone to the playoffs, what? What was so objectionable about him that he had to be gone? <laughs> right. That seems silly. Oh. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, Tim Laker has been hired. The former Dodgers, in get this, former Dodgers minor league hitting coach uh, or hitting coordinator has been hired by the Angels as offensive coordinator. And so, former Nashville Sounds catcher Tim Laker. Tim, Tim Laker is in LA doing his thing <laughs> and on doing it on the baseball diamond rather than in whatever the forum is called now. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And Ben Enright has been hired as pitching coach for the Angels. So the staff coming together for Rock Washington. Well, good. Again, um, Laker I dealt with quite a bit when he was with the Sounds back in the 90s and 2000s. So, well, that's cool. It's a nice, nice, nice new gig for him. Um, after being minor league hitting coordinator, that's this would be better. This would be better. So, yeah, that's it's the show, baby. Again, I, I don't know what I, happened I'm, to Shilton St. Louis. It is. It just seems that maybe they just were, maybe they just didn't drive. Maybe him, he and the. Uh, the GM were not on the same page. Well, that I, have, can... I have I have a number of friends who are Cardinals fans, and I have one in particular who would tell you that not jiving with John Moziliak is pretty common. Gotcha. So, two fifty one and one ninety nine in St. Louis um, just seems weird. Yeah. So, I'm not seeing a whole lot more about his St. Louis reign. As I <laughs> they've, they've scrubbed, scrubbed it from the internet. Maybe so. They scrubbed Maybe it from so. the internet. He who shall not be named. <laughs> so, um, huh? Interesting. 
It is, in fact. But yes, um, the the merry-go-round has stopped. The musical chairs have ended again. Joe Espana, I think, was the has, is the new guy at Houston. He was the bench coach under Dusty. And is it Espada? Espada. Good for him. And, Good for them. And obviously, I think we talked about Pat Murphy, former bench coach under Craig Council in Milwaukee, getting elevated there. And, you know, those those situations kind of make sense. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You've got somebody there who can kind of continue what's been going on in the clubhouse already. You didn't necessarily need to make a change. Correct. So going to make sense. Before we get out of here, the Smith family, founders of Federal Express, has committed to a $50 million challenge gift to the University of Memphis for renovations to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Okay. Uh, the home of Memphis Tiger football, the largest gift in university history. Uh, a Memphis City Councilman has introduced a resolution to allocate an appropriate $120 million in state grant funding to go toward renovations to the stadium, as well as transfer of ownership of the stadium to the University of Memphis Auxiliary Services Foundation. Uh, was it a city-owned facility before I that? I assume so. I don't have a ready answer for that. I I don't know the Let's answer to see. that. Um, Wiki just says that it was, well, it's located at the former Mid-South Fairgrounds. Right. Site of the annual Liberty Bowl, the annual Southern Heritage Classic, and is the home field of U of M. Um, and the showboats. Oh, yeah, and the showboats. Can't forget them. Um. But I don't know who I, I I mean who cares who owned it before. Now it belongs to the UVM Auxiliary <laughs> Services Foundation. Well, but, I mean, I think it would be interesting to know because maybe if it would belong to the city, then that's why it has been the way it has been. And this just it mentions tenants, but it and it mentions history, but it doesn't mention owner. I, I don't know. That's bizarre. Oh, opera. Owner, City of Memphis, operator, Memphis Park Commission. So there you go. Not anymore, apparently, mm -hmm. or after this vote. Mm -hmm. The uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen. You're, you're going to see a, a reduction in uh, seating. In seating, I do know that. I really wish I had a business journal subscription i do not but there was a there, there was a group of people who were who basically thought that this was a a pay for play type thing where fedex may be getting some renovations as well via the state grant funding through this or maybe a you know i'll do this if you do this kind of thing i don't know i don't really like to get into the politics of that kind of stuff uh but 
it uh, clearly the University of Memphis sees this as a positive, so I'm just going to go with it as, as a positive. Yeah, I mean, and it would make sense if they would. I mean, they get to control the facility. They get to control the dates. I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be a positive for the University of Memphis. Um, apparently, the capacity is 58,325 right now. I'll be interested to see how that changes. I, it doesn't increasing attractiveness of Memphis as an entertainment destination around FedEx Forum and the Liberty Bowl. Both is essential to economic growth and increased employment. Tourism is our second largest, largest industry uh, after logistics, which, surprise. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like this is probably going to be a net positive in the end. But, of course, there are always going to be people who are, well, this is only because, you know, he's getting something else. Which, I mean, maybe he is. But also, does that make... That doesn't make it a bad thing. That doesn't make it a bad deal. Getting something else. Yeah, it doesn't make it a bad thing. So this should be interesting. Memphis is also launching a fifty million dollar uh, match campaign fundraising. So anyway, all right. Um, I was about to say, let's go to Terry after this, but he has dipped out so let's go to a let's break. take a break hopefully terry will be back by the time he's supposed to be so stick around for Christmas for Kids November 20th at the Ryman Auditorium. This year's lineup includes Shenandoah, Phil Vassar, Chapel Heart, Michaela Lane, and Hunter Girl for over 40 years. Christmas for Kids has given the joy of Christmas to thousands of Middle Tennessee children. Christmas for Kids would like to thank their great sponsors. Tickets are on sale now. Visit Ryman.com to get your tickets. We will see you November 20th at the Ryman. Again, time now for your daily Titans report. We do have Terry McCormick on the line. So, Terry, what's up? Oh, we did have Terry. We did have Terry. Now he's now just we a don't have black Terry. screen. Yeah. All right. Well, there we there he is. There we are. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Well, they moved practice because of the Thanksgiving holiday. They don't normally practice on a Tuesday, but they're practicing late this afternoon at around 3.30. So uh, kind of interesting move there. So they'll be out on the practice field here in just a little while, and uh, I guess uh, may, maybe may even move it into the bubble 
uh, since it now gets dark at around four o'clock. Terry, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't hear anything you're saying. I can't concentrate on it. No, you're fine. You're fine. I'm just distracted by that Robert Brazil jersey behind you. That's sweet. Yeah, it, it's really nice. It's one of the rooms that they have out here at the facility. And uh, supposedly there are other rooms around the building that honor, you know, the guys who are in the Hall of Fame or have had their uh, numbers retired. And uh, the one over here next door to the media room uh, is in honor of Robert Brazil. It's called the Dr. Doom Room, of all things. <laughs> that was his nickname. Yes, it was. So that's um that's very cool. Terry, um... I don't know what updates you have, but I've got a question because yesterday during Mike Vrabel's press conference, I guess a member of the Titans press corps asked if there were any staff changes being considered. And his response was, I don't think this is the time to consider that kind of thing. And so imagine my surprise when I wake up this morning and the first thing I see on Twitter is that the Pittsburgh Steelers have dismiss their offensive coordinator. So that is clearly not a theory that is subscribed to league wide. I mean that's talk true about that. I think I think the difference is this. I think the Steelers and you saw uh the Buffalo Bills last week fire Ken Dorsey. And I think the difference is that those two teams are in contention. The Steelers need to figure out a way to get more productivity out of Kenny Pickett so that they're not just three yards in a cloud of dust and relying on T.J. Watt and the defense to try and, you know, account for everything and, and to carry the load. I think they've got to figure out a way to get more productivity from Pickett. And I don't think, uh, you know, and I think that's probably the reason that move was made because they are surprisingly in contention. Mike Tomlin's done a heck of a job keeping that team afloat uh, while they groom a young quarterback and try to figure out, you know, how to win with him. And then the Bills, I think the issues that Josh Allen was having with the interceptions a couple of weeks ago, I think Dorsey was kind of made the scapegoat for that. Uh, at least in the short term, it worked because he had a big day against the Jets defense on Sunday. So I think the reason the Titans haven't gone down that path is because what's the point right now? Because they're they're not in contention. They're not going to the playoffs. I think now I do think that once the season ends, I think there has to be some hard decisions made and there has to be some really uh, hard evaluations done, not only to the players, but to the coaches to see who can help this team going forward and really what the philosophies are going to be going forward. Because I don't know about you guys, but I think with this team, with the bottoming out now and going to have high draft picks going to have $100 million to spend in free agency. This is not just a time to rebuild. This team needs to be rebuilt in a different image. It needs to be rebuilt around the passing game. You've got a young quarterback with a strong arm. Go get him some help beyond DeAndre Hopkins. Go get him some protection on the offensive line. Build this thing like, like 28 of the other 31 teams do and throw the football first with a run game complimentary. They've been going at it this way with Derrick Henry, and that's fine because he was the best player that they had. He's potentially a future Hall of Famer and whatnot. But go now that you're in a rebuild, go about it in a different way. 
build around the passing game and protecting the quarterback and making big plays down the field because Will Levis has shown you he's capable of doing those things if you protect him. Yeah, well, I mean, I will say most NFL quarterbacks would probably say that. They can do a lot if you protect them, and the protection is the most important thing. And look, I don't disagree with you that it is time for the Titans to to, to start doing a little more throwing uh, with an aging Derrick Henry, et cetera, but can't do anything until you fix offensive line. And that's, the, that's the key. And that's, that's all you, that's all you can w- focus on right now. So Terry, enjoy your time out at the facility. We appreciate you taking your time with us. Tell us. Hey, hold oh, up. Whoa, before, before, up? before, do you know tomorrow's schedule? Do, do you anticipate any issues tomorrow? I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure it'll be out here shortly. I'll let you guys know. Do, do. Tell us about uh, Zen Sports. All right, gladly. Our partner Zen Sports is excited to launch their new introductory promotion available to all new customers in Tennessee, the No Danger First Wager. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to $1,000 No Danger First Wager. When you place your first bet on Zen Sports, you will be reimbursed for the amount of of if your bet loses up to $1,000. Plus, Zen Sports has launched a new VIP program for the premier bettors of Tennessee. If you think you might qualify, listen up. Zen Sports is hosting a VIP tailgate and game experience on December 3rd from 9 a.m. to noon for the Titans versus Colts game. That means food catered by a renowned chef, unlimited booze, and a private room for bet placing and mingling with fellow VIPs. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and bigger and better action than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call one 800 889 9789 terms and conditions apply must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet smiles these are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street to Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, 
Top five Tuesday. The top five worst Thanksgiving sides. Yes, we're going to make some people angry today. Okay. We're going to do it on purpose. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. If you bring these sides to Thanksgiving, no one likes you. Well, next I year, certainly don't. And next year, you're bringing the ice. Maybe ice the, the paper plate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get the ice and the cups. And don't bring. Yeah, yeah. Don't bring the uh, the macaroni with uh, what, what, raisins. Don't be bringing a macaroni with raisins in it. Or whatever. No, no else. experimenting at Thanksgiving. No, no. Don't <laughs> experiment at Thanksgiving. It's one of the biggest meals of the year. You don't experiment. You go with what you know. That's right. And we know food. Uh, a little too well. Yes, better than <laughs> we should. But right now we're going to go to our friend in Murfreesboro, Chip Walters, who's going to talk a little bit about the Blue Raiders. What's up, Chip? What's your least favorite Thanksgiving side? Gosh, I don't know that I have one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> they're hard to find but there are some out there yeah yeah, there. yeah uh there's you know there's certain things that my mom used to make that you know i don't get to see much anymore my sisters and i there was this frozen uh, uh thing that had cool whip and cherries in it and we just called it the pink stuff and, and it was like a congealed salad kind of thing but it, but it was frozen and 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 it was uh so there, it was kind of an ambrosia-ish type thing. Uh, one that my dad loved that I do not like. And, and although I, I, I love uh, raw oysters, he liked oyster dressing. That that might go on the list. No, I like that's, regular, yeah. old, just regular old cornbread dressing for me. Now, see, you're getting ready to out me. Mm. Um, not about Thanksgiving, but a, a, another family event that, Oyster dressing shows up at. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Chip. Yes, sir. Football. Football. One uh, one game remaining uh, this week at Sam Houston. Uh, Bearcats little, with a K. Bearcats with a K, which I've asked. Uh, I've already I've gotten one explanation that uh, that they go with that uh during the the mexican war sam houston uh told his guys to go out there and fight like bearcats but still does not give us a reason of why it's a k and not a c uh, i guess uh maybe they were going with the ko you know the the knockout and uh thus adding the k into bearcats but nevertheless this will be a rematch of the 1956 refrigerator bowl that was played in Evansville, Indiana. And uh, there is also a, a matchup in the Division I AA playoffs between Middle and Sam Houston. So the series is actually one-to-one, but now will be, uh, will be a Conference USA matchup. But, you know, Middle's coming off a nice win against UTEP. It was one of those where uh, they, they had to rely on a, on a lot of things and make some big plays, and they, they did, at, did it again with – uh, in the second half, matter of fact, UTEP's last two possessions, the defense uh, turned the ball over on downs twice, and uh, the offense uh, scored 34, uh, had a couple of explosive plays that uh, allowed for one big touchdown uh, and a pass play and a punt return, uh, so 14 points right there. 
but there was a, it was a football game, guys, that had three different 10-point runs in it. I know we always talk about runs in basketball, but uh, there were three different runs of 10 points. Middle, fortunately, had two of those. Uh, after the game was tied at 14, Middle went up 24-14, ended up being tied at 24, so there was theirs. Then Middle went up uh, 34-24 and then uh, gave up a touchdown and forced a missed extra point. So that uh, made the final math 34-30. One of the really impressive things, or a couple of the really impressive things that came out of it, number one, uh, Nick Vadiato was responsible for about 300 and 50 some odd yards of offense, uh, including 92 rushing. Uh, Holden Willis uh, had two touchdown catches on the day, uh, which he has now had three in his last two games and is catching everything that is in the same zip code with him. He has really come on strong in the second half of the year. And the other is uh, a record was set, Mo, that may never be broken. Jordan Starling played in his 61st game as a Blue Raider and will play in his 62nd game this week, uh, broke the old record held by DQ Thomas. And uh, barring a uh, another COVID or pandemic year uh, that is available to players down the road, uh, it's hard to imagine that record ever being broken. Sure. Yeah. I mean, 62 games. That's- yeah. Well, I mean, I guess with the red shirt, maybe, but it, it's going to be tough to say the yeah. least. Yeah. But you mentioned Holden Willis and his late emergence. And, and it's interesting, Chip, I had a chance to see him when he was playing at Greenback before yep. he signed with South Florida out of that Class 1A power up in East Tennessee. And, I mean, he's he's a big kid. He is I mean, a big when, dude. And he's got a brother that's about the same size. And and they run him at the at you know at the H receiver, which is mm-hmm. a tight end, uh, a hybrid type uh, player. But he's got, uh, I mean, he's not quick like Zach Dobson or DJ England Chisholm, but he has great football instincts and has good long galloping strides. When he gets the ball in the open field, he can go, and really knows how to how to move with the ball. Really good ball skills. I was talking to his mother, and uh, as a matter of fact, the his senior year when they, I think they won it in Class A, Kelly Holcomb and I did that game on television, and he was our key player uh, for Greenback that day because he had 28 touchdown catches his senior year at Greenback. But his mom reminded me that also that year, Greenback made the state basketball tournament that he played on, and they won the state baseball championship, which he played on. So he's just one of those really, really good uh, athletes who uh, will not be far removed from the Greenback High School Hall of Fame. All he does is win. That's right. He does. And he he contributed to winning uh, a lot for middle. There's no question about that. Yeah. Chip, stepping away from the UTEP game for just a second, has there been much talk about New, Mex- New Mexico State 31, Auburn 10, and how close you all came to beating them? Well, there's talk about that. Talk about 
having a chance uh, to win at Missouri, which nobody else in Tennessee's had that opportunity really this year. Uh, and the, uh, the uh, also talk about uh, having a seven point lead in the fourth quarter uh, at Liberty, who is still undefeated uh, talk about uh, a 23, seven lead over a Jacksonville state team that, would be uh, be fighting for a, a a championship game spot had they not been in a transition year, and the same with Colorado State. So yeah, there's talk about a lot of that, and in, in, in the latest being, as you mentioned, New Mexico State, and it it just it, it it goes as part of what has been the frustration of this football season, in that you know there have been five one score losses uh, that this team has suffered. Uh, against what has turned out to be uh, at least four of those really good football teams, and uh, and that's the frustration is is that middle, you know, if you were bad, you know you're bad, and but this team has been so close uh, to breaking through and had a few things gone their way instead of being four and seven right now, they might be seven and four looking to go for win number eight or nine uh, this week on the road uh, at. Sam Houston, but also don't sleep on the Bearcats because, hey, they lose in overtime to Jacksonville State after Jack State had to score in the final 30 seconds of regulation Mm -hmm. to get it in overtime. They lost in double overtime to FIU, and they had the ball uh, inside the 20-yard line uh, with a chance to beat Liberty uh, and, and, uh, and, and weren't able to, to get a, a score, a, a, a touchdown pass in the end zone. Uh, so their record is deceiving as well. What you're going to have this weekend are two pretty good teams that uh, have poor records. and, and Who are uh, looking to go out with a win. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and take some momentum the next year. Take some momentum, absolutely. And also you can't go to sleep that with, uh, just over two calendar years ago, uh, Sam Houston won the Division One AA National Championship, so they they know how to win and they're used to winning. And this will not be an easy trip to Huntsville, Texas. I don't think there's any question there. Uh, tonight oh, on the hardwood. I'm. This is one that I've been looking for. It's gonna be a good ball uh, game. Yeah, should be really good tonight. Middle and UAB uh, at Murphy Center. Nick McDevitt and Andy Kennedy both decided when UAB was going to the American that they wanted to keep this non-conference series alive. There was talk of it being a three-game series, but right now it's just two, home and home, um, Murfreesboro this year, Birmingham next year. There was talk about a third game uh, to be played in Birmingham, or in in, uh, Huntsville, rather, but uh, they will play that by ear and will play uh, uh, at Murphy and then Bartow. But, you know, this is a non-conference series, much like Middle and Belmont, Middle and Murray, uh, that just needs to be played. Uh, They've had, over the last three games between Middle and UAB, there have been four overtime periods, and uh, including an overtime win by Middle last year in Murfreesboro. And, you know, it's it's going to be it's two teams that are going to be very athletic. UAB is highly athletic this year, but 
they've been a little wild. Andy's team is two and two coming in. They've won uh, two in a row. And, and in each of their last two games, this will kind of tell you a little bit about what to expect from them. In each of their last two games, they have had a double-digit lead and a double-digit deficit in each game and uh, and won both uh, by, uh, what, one or two or three, something like that. But uh, when they're kind of like the old Jerry Reed song, when they're hot, they're hot, and when they're not, they're not. Kelly <laughs> uh, Walker has uh, gone on, but they do have uh, they do have butter. They've got butter on their team this year. No, no jelly, but butter. They got they got Something, the, something's going on a biscuit by George. That, that's right. Some they got something that's going that's good on a biscuit, and uh, and he can throw some air biscuits up there. So, uh, six thirty Murphy Center. They, they also have Tony Tony out of Tony Alabama. Is, is is he from Tony Alabama? He's from Huntsville, but Huntsville, it's but, close enough. Yeah, it's but, literally I mean, just. I, I feel like he was he was he was from Tony, and they moved to Huntsville. Okay, so I, I'm giving I'm giving him a lot of story. Okay, so let me ask you this to fit my narrative. If if he does something good, do they say Tony 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 has done it again? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> they do. That's so. No, good. anyway, but yeah, Tony, um, there was. Uh, trying to think, there was another player that that we, that it was in our league, in the in Conference USA over the last couple of years that had a double name like that and always wanted to see when they played UAB and it was whoever that guy was against Tony, Tony. So it was like, you know, dang, dang, or whatever his name was and uh, against Tony, Tony. So that's funny, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, middle's three and one. And after this, they'll go, if after UAB, they will leave early in the morning and head to the Bahamas and will face uh, UIC, Illinois, Chicago on Friday afternoon to get that event started at the Bahamar Resort. So they're going to the Bahamas and you're going to Huntsville, Texas. Correct. That's the home of the Texas State Prison. So that's where I'll be on Saturday. Well, just be sure you get back. That's right. That's right. Jeff Hem, <laughs> uh, we're in good hands in the Bahamas. Jeff Hem will be going down there to uh, handle all that. And uh, I bet Jeff those... didn't have to have his arm twisted for that assignment, did he? No, he kept calling after the basketball schedule came out. He goes, you need any help? Need any help? Need any help? And uh, so, <laughs> but. Uh, Smart but man. Saw Jeff yeah. yesterday. Uh, he came down to practice and uh, always uh, get, uh, we always have a good time when we get together. So he'll do a great job down there. And then I'll rejoin the club when they return from the Bahamas. And uh, so, and head on, we've got a good well, December sure. trip coming up. Out they west, they took you to Italy, man. I know. Well, so yeah, they didn't too mad. Hey, I'm not complaining at all, and yeah. uh, understand the the whole situation. And you know, the women are probably about right now arriving back from the Bahamas, where they won two out of three, uh, beating uh, after a, a loss to Michigan. They defeated DePaul on Sunday, and then got Memphis for a second time this year. Yesterday, in a in a closer contest on a neutral floor, but uh, Anastasia Baldreva played really well and now is the nation's leader in block shots with 20 and uh, is now the current Conference USA Player of the Week. Uh, she had 25 and 13 in the win over Memphis yesterday. That ain't bad. No, that's a good day's work. Absolutely. Um, and they're next, they, they're on the road this coming Sunday at SIU Edwardsville, but don't forget next week they are going to be in Huntsville against the Lady Vols. It's not and uh, next week? 
That is next week. No, it no, is. No, 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 two no. Weeks. You're right. You're right. Two weeks. Sorry. Don't want to get everybody excited. Yeah, but right. Get excited. Go ahead and get your tickets. After the Blue Cross Bowl. Yes. That's right. It'll be right the, that uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, right after the Blue Cross Bowl on December 6th, whatever whatever mm-hmm. that is. I think it's, uh, is it Wednesday? What is it? Tuesday, December sixth would be uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, because the men play uh, uh, Southwest Missouri uh, or Missouri State uh, on the night before on the fifth, and uh, at Murphy Center. So uh, then head on down two thirty one from the borough or wherever you may be. I sixty five from most of Southern Middle Tennessee will get you there down to Huntsville. Yeah, I got to take 65 so I can go to Bucky's. There you That's go. Yep. Until the one in Murfreesboro is complete. That's correct. Don't want to worry about it. And I, I go by there about once a week just to check on progress. Just, <laughs> just to make sure. That's just right. Make it's, sure it hadn't opened and you didn't know. That's right. It's about. It's actually about two miles from my house. So uh, there you go. I, 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 I can make a trip by there and uh, make yes. sure that. Uh, they're getting ready for the beaver nuggets and uh, and all of that. Yes. And, the and they've not snuck it in on you, huh? That's right. That's right. All right. <laughs> Chip Walker is the voice of the Blue Raiders joining us as he does most Tuesdays. Unless I don't. Unless he doesn't. That's yes. right. Here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chip, we appreciate it. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy Huntsville. And we will catch up with you next week. That's right. Adios, kazoots. <laughs> Take a break. When we come back, college football playoff rankings tonight. And we'll talk a little bit about that, the AP poll, and some NFL news. So stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. 
With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. Main Street Sports Tech presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here on this Top 5 Tuesday. Looking forward to talking about the Top 5 Worst Thanksgiving uh, sides. But first, some NFL news. We've I've been waiting to try to find a place to shove this in, but it hasn't, there hasn't been one to this point. Um, the Indianapolis Colts have waived all-pro linebacker Shaquille Leonard. Eleven days ago, Leonard, you know, kind of, voiced his frustration over his diminished role on the defense and now he his role has, has been even has further no role. <laughs> has been further diminished to zero. <laughs> he is no longer a member of the team. It's an interesting move. I mean obviously coming off of two back surgeries not ideal, but still well, I mean I wonder if it was just a case where they did not feel like he was physically ready to contribute any more than he was allowed to. Yeah, and he's and his contract is pretty large. I mean, you're talking nineteen million over uh, nineteen million each year for the next two years, including the six and a half that he's still owed for this year. It's it, it's a pretty big contract for the level of play you're getting out of a guy like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Indianapolis is also in a in a in a state of flux a little bit, you know, not to the degree necessarily that that the Titans are. Maybe I don't know, but I think they're in a in a state of flux as well, trying to figure out where they are in terms of level of competition. So maybe you're trying to clear the decks to get a look at somebody else at that position and, and trying to get ready for 2024. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, clearly he wasn't playing a whole lot. Otherwise he wouldn't have been angry about his diminished role. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, clearly they have other options Mm -hmm. and, other plans at that position. So it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, rarely does anybody go out on their own. So that is absolutely true. Um, talk a little bit about the college football playoff. You know, I, I wanted to mention this. We we don't talk a whole lot about other sports talk shows, 
hosts and whatnot, but there, there's a particular host on CBS who does a poll each week. Josh Pate, late kick with Josh Pate. And he does a poll and it's not a ranking. It's it, the poll is who would be favored over it's the top 25 teams based on who Vegas would favor over the next team down. The point system that he uses, the difference between number one and number 10 in this week's poll is like uh, nine points. The difference between team number 11 and team number 32 was 10 points. <laughs> and I think that just goes to exactly what we've said all, all year. year. There are two different tiers right now all year. Of, of college football programs. And, 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 you know, obviously a 12-team playoff is going, to, is going to exacerbate, you know, the 12, 13, 14 you know, well, positions. I mean, we've said that. Even when 12 team was being discussed, you know, sure. there's always a debate about four or five. There's going to be a debate about 12, 13. If you went to 16, there would be a debate about 16, 17. I mean, the team that gets left out is always going to have an argument. But I think the the thing that is most important is that in this year particularly, is that team eight right now, Alabama, has a pretty good argument to be four. And just as good, just as, good a, as anybody I don't between know that five, they six, seven, eight. I don't know that they necessarily have an argument to be four at this moment, but I think an argument for them to be four is shaping up. I mean, but that's kind of my point is that you, I mean, you're talking about eight or nine teams. For for four spots. That absolutely have, that are, that are separated by nine points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say I don't care what Jerry Palm says, but when we had him on last week and he said that the committee doesn't have nightmares. It's a nightmare. They Maybe they've not had nightmares in the past. Doesn't mean they won't. And, and there and are some scenarios out there that would be or should be nightmarish. And I think that at some point, I think they try to make their decision or at least some people in that room make their decision based on what they feel like is going to receive the, the, the lowest level of criticism. Well, by the general public, maybe not necessarily trying to get the four best teams in there, but what is, what is perceived as, and, and look, I'm not, I, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Well, I mean, I don't know that – I think if you are taking the general public's temperature into account, 
I don't know that the general public is so far off base that that's a bad thing. Well, and that's, that's again, we've talked about in the fan poll and, 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 you know, college football fans do watch a lot more college football than most people. That's a pretty good amount. Uh, I just feel like it's, it's interesting that that would be a, a thought process in somebody's mind. And I, and I certainly think that it probably is. I think it would be in mind. It's like, Hey, you know, I will tell you this. Having voted on the Associated Press Top 25 in both football and in women's basketball, when they start making votes and emails public, public, you become aware. Now, I don't know that you vote necessarily based on, you know, the, the path of least resistance, but you certainly hear from folks. People yep. are not shy about letting you know how big an idiot you are. How dumb you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think that's part of it. You know, that's, I think that's going to be part of it for this, this committee, because if, if, if it comes down to one spot and it's Texas or Alabama, it's going to be Texas. Good luck. It's going to be Texas. It's got to be. And I think that's, you know, interesting. It's very interesting because the Texas that beat Alabama and the Alabama that lost to Texas are not, are not those teams today, right now, I don't think. And, but I mean, what do you do about it? There's nothing you can do in this in 2023, and that's that's exactly why it's a nightmare scenario. Because I don't th- I think I think there are people who would who who think that way on the committee who would who would say, look, I mean, Alabama just beat Georgia, who we felt like is a top two team all year long. They just went in there and they beat Georgia in the state of Georgia. Now, obviously, it's in the Georgia Dome, which basically is now a home game for most. Or, yeah, but it's in. Uh, it, it, it's in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. You don't think those people will care? They do. And so that's got to that's gotta play into it. You know? And then if Texas just, you know, maybe they win by seven over Oklahoma State or whoever they play in the Big 12 championship, which they're not guaranteed a spot, by the way. There's a, a lot of Big 12 stuff out there. There's tiebreaker scenarios and whatnot mm-hmm. and there there is a way that texas does not make the big 12 championship well if texas does not make the big 12 championship texas does not make the cfp no yeah obviously but it, i mean if they win they're in so that's they have to win mm-hmm. to be in the college football playoff but if they were to lose and then some other things happened they could actually be left out, which is insane because they've clearly been the best team in the conference all mm-hmm. year long. I don't think they're going to lose, but eh, it could happen. Yeah. And the college ball playoff committee would go, thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One less team for us to worry about. So <laughs> I think they are, they are probably praying. Now tonight, do you think we see Washington move? Washington is five right now. Florida State is four. Is that correct? It's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. That's what it was last week. Then Florida State, then Washington. Then Oregon. I don't think Washington moves this week. 
I don't think anybody moves this week in that top five because I think the committee is going to allow things to play out as far as that goes. And for Florida State to either win or lose in the ACC championship game without Jordan Travis. Okay, but here's the here's the here's the the counter to that. If I'm in the if we're in the room, right? I I, I say to you, okay, but we know the ACC, the other division, in the ACC is trash. We know that. <laughs> Louisville's coming out of it, and they're number ten in the country, but they're only number ten in the country by default. Because there aren't ten. Because there aren't ten good teams. <laughs> and so, if we don't drop them now, what recourse do we have when they win the ACC championship against a team that we don't feel like is really that good? Well, and so now we've got a Jordan Travisless. Florida State team in the college football playoff because we did. I mean, that, and that's that's the argument that that I think is going to be made in the room. They're going to be just as Jordan Travisless going into the college football playoff as they are right now. Yeah, but there's a difference between playing Georgia and playing Louisville. And if you're my talking, point is, if you're going to penalize Florida State for not having Jordan Travis available. I think you what's the it. hurt? You, you think you got to do it now if that's the case before so. the backup plays or before the backup starts? Uh, I think you I think you got to do it now because otherwise at what point will Washington have done enough or more to jump? When they beat Oregon when again, they beat Oregon. well, they've already beaten Oregon. So why is beating Oregon again make you jump to four if it doesn't have you at four now? Well, what if Oregon beats Washington? If Oregon beats Washington, then that that's fine. But if they don't, and Georgia beats Alabama, and te- you know, do you jump? Do you jump Texas? Does Texas jump all the way to four? I don't think that's going to work. It's a, it, 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 the timing, I think, is going to have to matter. Because at what, at what point do you say, okay, well, he's, he's not there, but they keep winning. And the worst part is that Louisville is number 10 in the country. If they beat them, that's a top 10 win. I just... I'm hesitant to penalize Florida State for not having their starting quarterback. I mean, because if you drop Florida State, that's the only reason you drop it. Yeah, but I think you have to you you have to you have to analyze Florida State as the team they are without Jordan Travis. But what are you analyzing? I mean, you, you're assuming that they are not as good with their number two quarterback. And I mean, I get the assumption, but particularly when the number five team has Michael Penix. But the number five team has had Michael Penix all along and they were number five. I mean, 
but Florida State had Jordan Travis, and now they don't. And are they the better team without Jordan Travis as Washington with Michael Penix? Is Florida State a better football team without Jordan Travis than, than Washington is with, Jordan, with Michael Penix? That's the question. I get the question. I'm telling you, I don't think it's fair to Florida State to just decide, well, you're not as good without this guy. I mean, I, I think I need to see it. Uh, how? When? That's the problem. That's the problem is there's not enough time to see it and evaluate. So that's Florida State's fault. Now, now I will tell you, Jerry Palm agrees with you. He's got Washington at four and Florida State at five. Well, he said Washington should have jumped him. Well, weeks and ago. that's what he says. That's what he says in his explanation. This pro this projection is not based on the injury to Travis. After all, I've been predicting it for a few weeks. I guess predicted long enough, and eventually it happens. I don't know. The committee will not try to guess how good Florida State is with the change in quarterback. They will let the results tell the tale. So I don't know. Well, I mean, you get to see him play. You're going to see him against Florida. You're going to see him against Louisville. Now, how well you can evaluate them against those two teams is the question. Uh, less Florida than Louisville. Yeah, no, I definitely think Louisville's the better evaluation. <laughs> but anyway. It's it's going to be interesting. It really Something is. to keep an eye on tonight. For I, sure. I expect but, I mean – we can agree, though, that one, two, and three aren't changing. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's any question there. Even though Michigan, Michigan, you think Michigan uh, jumps Ohio State going into no. Ohio? Oh. They almost lost to Maryland. <laughs> Michigan could fall. Shh. I don't think it's going to happen either because they, they want two, three this weekend. But I, but yeah, and, and because again, who cares? One, whoever loses that game is out. Right. So who gets right. it? Right. So that so that's going to take care of itself. Yeah. That, that, that it's not changing. So just let them sit there. But yeah, but they certainly did not look great on on, on Saturday. I mean, they did for the first half, and then they did not. <laughs> so. Mm. All right, let's go into top five Tuesday. We're a little uh. We're, we're, we went a little long there, so we'll just go straight into Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Mid-South 5 Fitness and the fine folks there at Still Athletes on Instagram, stillathletes.com. Um, let's, let's see here. Google random number generator. Minimum one, maximum three. Mo, you're number three. And four. and four. <laughs> Justin, you are number two, which makes me one and six. So I will go first. And I will choose green bean casserole. Green bean casserole? Green bean casserole is my number one worst Thanksgiving side. Really? Okay. You got to guess, you know, the little... Fried onions. I, I like the fried onions fine. It's it's the it, typically they're not made with they're made with like really long green beans. I just don't like green beans for one. Mm, but 
Gotcha. So that's that's really where it's at. It's, you got, I could probably just say green beans in general, but green bean casserole just they is a particular. Well, it's it's the type of green bean you use. If you use those real bread? long stringy oh. ones, please don't because they're they're crunchy. Yeah, and it just doesn't work for me. When we have green bean casserole, we use the French cut, and they're not long and stringy. But that I would probably be a little bit more okay because I like cream and mushroom soup and I like French fried onions, but I don't like the, the green beans that are usually used. They're not good. Okay. Justin. So I'm going to go uh, with canned cranberry. Uh, hold on. What's it? What's canned it? cranberry sauce. Yes. This, canned is, cranberry this sauce. is unfortunate because I only have five items on my list and that was one of them but see i like i like canned cranberry i, I don't want anything other than ocean spray canned cranberry sauce I, I, now i have texture issues okay. me too that's what it is for me as well and I, I just don't like that right um i also as it probably has been deduced you don't like anything green anyway. I, i'm i'm not a big veggie person so, but I'm going to roll the dice here and taking a cue from the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, I'm going to say oyster dressing. Whoever brings oyster yeah. dressing to, yeah, that, that's, that's going to go. Well, yeah. At like the I wrong said, time. we've not had it at Thanksgiving, but at other family functions, it has shown up and. Don't bring it to my house. The, the fact that. It goes home with said person almost in its entirety does not dissuade them from bringing it. Yes. Yes. So, oh, man, that's um, terrible. Fortunately, I don't believe they are watching this show. So I think we're in good shape. Number four. But, but if they were, that's fine too. Stop bringing it. Uh, <laughs> uh, number four. I know it's a big hit at your house. Your daughter made it the other day, I believe. Corn casserole. Don't do it. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> the only way to eat corn. At, it's the only way to eat corn at, at Thanksgiving. Not yes. on the cob? You know what you don't like on the cob? JK, number your section. <laughs> uh, my second pick is going to be probably not as a, a popular or not a popular opinion, but sweet potato casserole. No, it's not a popular pick at all. Well, that's that's a, that that may be the worst pick oh, since Isaiah oh, Wilson. I mean, you... <laughs> dude, it's weird. I'm a weird guy, but I genuinely do not like since Isaiah well, Wilson. I, well, if it makes you feel any better, again, Justin, you and my sister are in the same camp on that. I wish I did. I genuinely wish I liked it to for real, and I've tried multiple times. Mm, that's that's unfortunate. Broccoli salad. God. You know, that's that's from so far off the radar. Yeah. Broccoli salad. But people bring it. I, I don't know what it. you're doing. Not in my house. What are you doing? Who who what says doing? we gotta don't leave bring the broccoli salad? Yeah. Don't forget the broccoli salad. We have to make it for this party. <laughs> um I'm gonna it go again? Yeah, it's me again, and I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with and and Please understand, macaroni and cheese, and let me tell you why. Because mm. rarely is it done right. Mm. Now there are there are some places because I know you're the mac and cheese guy at your house, and it's probably great. But most of the time, 
when you go to like a family reunion or a Thanksgiving and somebody who doesn't know what they're doing just brings a crappy mac and cheese. That's Ooh, bad mac and cheese. Yeah. yeah. But, yes. but I mean, it's, it's hit or miss. And so yeah. that's why I'm going to say, unless you've got a person who that's what they do, don't do just it. don't do it. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I'm so in that same vein, I will say deviled eggs because a good deviled okay. egg yeah, is amazing. I agree. There but are some bad egg. deviled eggs out there. Oh, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah, like I if absolutely you agree. Yeah, I love okay. deviled eggs, but if they're not made correctly, they are the grossest things. Absolutely, you got to know what you're doing. You get too much mayonnaise and too much mustard, and it's over. Yeah. Okay, that's. I'm gonna go. And we've not had this at our Thanksgiving, and thank goodness, but I grew up with it. My sorry, green pea salad. Oh, I haven't had green bean salad in a while, but yeah, that's a bad one. Yes, yes. And my double up here, squash in any form. Squash casserole, delicious. Nope. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. All right. Justin? Uh, My next one is jello salad. I like, jello, I, I like jello salad. My, my dad's pink fluff will he, he will he will be mad at you for saying this. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's it, yeah. it's it is a very it, it's, it's a, a very controversial taste. it's a Absolutely. it's a controversial texture pick. as Mo was saying. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um crap, I had one right here in front of me and I completely forgot what it was and I don't have time to think. I don't have time to think. Mashed potatoes. I just don't like mashed potatoes, and most of the time they're not actually mashed potatoes, and so yeah, they're not done potatoes. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a little bit of a controversial pick, probably, but I don't I don't hate it. It's, yeah. it I can have that anytime. I don't need exactly. it at Thanksgiving. That's it. That's that's uh, it. They're so ordinary. Yeah, and I'm gonna go with the sweet the the the, the sweet potato casserole, but only the ones with pecans on it. I know that you already said that, but I'm <laughs> specifying that one. Justin, your last pick. Uh, my last pick is going to be. Um, sorry, I just lost it. Here it is. Um, boiled vegetables on. Okay. Yes, like mixed veggies. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, Don't no. bring mixed, mixed veggies. No, no. Who does that? Final it's pick. Like, uh, yeah. My final pick. Again, not a veggie person. Dressing with celery and onions. Well, that's the only way to have dressing. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I will die on this hill. See y'all. Happy Thanksgiving.